الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عيينة عن عمر بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمر عن عبد الله بن عمر بن أعاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن يرحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in this tremendous hadith that those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful and show mercy to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens, he will show you mercy. The ulama they mention, they say, This is because knowledge is mercy. Natijatuhu rahma fi dunya. The result of knowledge is mercy in the life of this world and that the end result of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. Alhamdulillah, we continue going over the tremendous work by the great Imam, Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullahu ta'ala. We have reached the 33rd hadith. This hadith an Ibn Abbas رضي الله تعالى عنهما عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لو يعطى الناس بدعواهم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said in this hadith as collected by Ibn Abbas رضي الله تعالى عنهما the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that if the people were to be given in accordance to their claims if the people were to be given in accordance to their claims, then a people, they will launch claims and falsely take the wealth of individuals and the blood of individuals. Meaning, that they will launch claims against individuals that will result in their lives being taken or them being punished uh, and the like. لَكِنَّ الْبَيِّنَ The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said لَكِنَّ الْبَيِّنَ عَلَى الْمُدَّعِ But rather the burden of proof Assalamu alaikum Alaikum the burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim. The burden of proof, it is upon the one who launches the, the claim. And the oath is upon the one who the claim has been made against, meaning the one who is the defendant. Now, well, Hadith Hassan, 
This hadith is a hadith that is hasan, rawahu al-bayhaqi wa ghayruhu hakadha. That um, it is collected by al-bayhaqi and other than him like this. وَبَعْدُهُ فِي الصَّحِحَيْنِ And some of it is inside of the collection of the two authentic collections, a al-Bukhari and Muslim. This hadith is a hadith that is tremendous, بِلَا شَكُّ بِلَا قَالَ مُحَدِّثُ الْمَدِينَةِ The scholar of hadith of al-Madina, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abbad, حَفِظُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى He mentions, he says, Hadith Ibn al-Abbas, هَذَا أَخْرَجُهُ الْبُخَارِ That this hadith of, of Ibn Abbas, it has been collected by Al-Bukhari. Muslim and also by Muslim. وَأَكْثَرُهُ فِي الصَّحِحَيْنِ And most of it is inside of the Sahihain. وَالَّذِي لَيْسَ فِيهِمَا And that portion of the hadith that is not contained inside of Sahih uh, Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, that it is the statement, it is the sentence, الْبَيِّنَ عَلَى مُدَّعِينَ That the burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim. لكن ثبتت هذه الجملة فيهما من حديث الأشعث بن قيس عند البخاري والمسلم. But this particular sentence, it, it, it is affirmed inside of al-Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of al-Ash'ath bin Qais in Bukhari and in Muslim. في قصة له مع ابن عم له in a story or in a situation that had taken place between him and between his cousin. نعم. قال له النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said unto him نعم. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said in this particular hadith بَيَنَّتُكَ أَوْ يَمِينُهُ That either you bring your بَيِّنَ بَيِّنَتُكَ You bring either your proof or that he has to make an oath or he has to make an oath. قَالَ إِبْنْ دَقِيقِ الْعِيدِ The great scholar Ibn Daqiq al-Aid, he mentions in his explanation of the 40 hadith, as uh, Sheikh Abdul uh, Muhsin, he mentions, هذا الحديث أصل من أصول الأحكام, that this hadith, it is a fundamental principle, this is a foundational principle, when it comes to judgments and giving judgments. Naam. This hadith is tremendous, we reflect, and the impacts that it will have on society and upon our day-to-day life, then verily they are tremendous. It brings about tremendous order. The Shaykh, he mentions, he says, وَأَعْظَمُ مَرُجِعِ عِنْدَ أَنْ تَنَازُعُ And this is one of the greatest principles, fundamental principles that is returned to when it comes to dealing with cases where individuals are in dispute. Where individuals, they are in dispute. Then, this hadith is utilized. Naam, the principles that are contained therein, it is utilized. وَيَقْتَضِي أَلَّا يُحْكَمَ لِأَحَدٍ بِدْعَوَاهُ 
and what is intended by it and what it necessitates is that no one is given a judgment just based upon a claim now that no one is given a judgment or judgment is not rendered against the individual just based upon a claim now i want us to reflect on that i want us to reflect on the order that this hadith provides to society when they abide by it that if an individual just made a claim so and so did such and such now no action is to be taken purely due to the claim now because if so then there will be much corruption وَقَدْ بَيَّنَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِيهِ أَنَّهُ لَوْ أُجِبَ كُلَّ مُدَّعٍ عَلَى غَيْرِ شَيْئًا لَأَدَّ ذَلِكَ إِلَى الدَّعَاءِ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ وَدِمَائِهِمْ That if every individual, the Prophet ﷺ, he made it clear, clearly explained here that if every individual who launched a claim against someone else were to be given in accordance to their claim or if action were to be taken in accordance to their claim then this will result in people's wealth being taken being infringed upon and it will result in people's lives being lost people's lives being lost man lakin an nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam awdaha ma yakunu fihi al but the Prophet ﷺ, he laid down a frame of reference, a metric by way in which he made it very clear this metric, this frame of reference is measuring stick by which the people will utilize amongst themselves. And that is that we have to seek the proof and the evidence from the one who launches the claim. That we have to seek the proofs and the evidence from the one who launches the claim. Now, this is of tremendous importance as aforementioned. Sheikh Saleh Abdul Aziz Al Sheikh He mentions, he says, on the statement of the Prophet that the burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim. Naam that this is a must. The, uh, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, He said that this is because if the, uh, if the affair of giving rulings was solely based upon clearly just claims being mentioned or pure just claims being mentioned, then it will come by way of it Hatred That there will be hatred And there will be enmity amongst the people Now, Meaning that if all you had to do Was launch a claim Launch a claim That so and so did such and such And then action was taken Eventually this will cause hatred And enmity amongst the people Why? Because if so and so said um, Such and such did such a crime That requires that they be imprisoned Right? And then that person was imprisoned Someone from the family of the imprisoned individual who was falsely imprisoned, then what would, what would they do? They'll launch a claim against the other guy's family members or against the man himself and say, no, but he did such and such too. 
And then everybody would be thrown in jail, everybody would be forced, you know, be oppressed, so on and so forth. If action were just to be taken based upon merely a claim, it will cause chaos. It will cause hatred and enmity amongst the people. Uh, the Sheikh Yuzani says, That the person will be able, the one who launches the claim, he'll be able to take the money and the wealth of others. If he came and he said that this man's car really is his car, and then now the car is awarded to him just because he made that claim, then people will be taking people's money and possessions left and right. Now, the Sheikh says, He said, But rather, they may even request that an individual be killed. They will even may request that an individual be killed based upon a crime in which, and the Sheikh brings an example. He says, now, he said that if an individual died from just any way, right? he could have died of, of, uh, of uh, what they say, old age, right? It could have been, um, you know, so on and so forth. He got sick and he died. A person could die for any reason. And then all of a sudden, and then it said, no, 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 so and so, he actually murdered him. And then now action is to be taken just because someone said what they said, then it will result, it could result in what? And the one who was falsely yani, yani, uh, 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 labeled as the murderer being executed. So then people's lives could be in jeopardy. Now, that if claims were to be acted upon without any proof, without any evidence, then this will result in a great deficiency in the nation and great deficiency amongst the people. It would be total chaos. Total chaos. Now I want you to really reflect over this. That if claims were acted upon that were devoid of any proof and evidence, then it will result in hatred, it will result in, in, in rancor, it will result in chaos. Ma'am, I want you to reflect on that. And now I want you to reflect on the time that we live in. I want you to reflect on the time that we live in and of some of the trials and tribulations that we have seen amongst our communities. And in particular, amongst the people of the Sunnah, amongst Ahl Sunnah. Naam. In particular, the trials and the chaos that we have seen amongst the people of the Sunnah. Naam, the Salafiyun. Where individuals, it has been claimed about them that they are such and such. Naam. That they have issues. That these individuals, they have issues. They're falling into issues. That these individuals, they are the causes of trouble. Right? So on and so forth. From the uh, claims that people, they say. And then, we have seen no proof, no evidence presented. But yet, we have seen and we have witnessed that these claims are acted upon 
And then now the one who it is claimed that they have issues, that they cause trouble, that whatever the case is from the claims, naam, then subsequently they are treated in such a manner that causes ultimately what? Separation. Right? Because you're going to have individuals who they're going to take the individual's word and they're not going to ask for the evidence. So they're going to believe what they're saying. And then they're going to, for lack of a better term, side with that individual. And then you have other individuals who they will know the fallacy of such claims and they will request evidence. No evidence is presented. And then what is that going to do? That's going to make them against the one who launched the claim and side with the one who has been falsely attributed with the, with the likes of these uh, characteristics. Now, this is something that is tremendously terrible and it causes much separation and the causing of separation amongst the people of Tawheed then this is the goal of shaitan the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said waqad ya'is ash-shaytan an ya'buduhu al-musallin na'am an ya'buduhu al-musallun walakin at-tahrish baynahum that the shaitan he has given up hope that those who pray and the people of Tawheed that they will worship him so thus he puts his energy into causing hatred and enmity and separation between them. This is the goal of shaitan, to cause separation between the people of a tawheed, to cause separation between the people who establish the prayer. Naam. So if we know this is the goal of shaitan, and we know that claims without any proof or evidence that substantiates them helps in the fulfilling of the agenda of a shaitan, then we have to be brave enough to call a spade a spade. Those who cause separation between the ranks of the people of the sunnah, then this is something that is tremendously heinous. Why? Because it is from the fundamental principles of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah that we come together upon the truth. Ijtima' al haq that we come together upon the truth. Naam, implementing the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَعَتَصِمُوا بِحَمْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Allah ta'ala he said and hold on all of you together to the rope of Allah and do not separate that which brings the people together then it is holding on to the Quran holding on to the sunnah being upon the way of the salaf as understood by the salaf of this ummah the sahaba and those who follow them in good we have to be upon that which the Prophet ﷺ was upon and that which the Sahaba were upon. If we do that, then it will bring unity. Because this is from the beautiful effects and consequences and outcomes from sticking to the truth is that it brings about unity. So whenever you see disunity, whenever you see separation, it is because that which the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba were upon was not applied. When it's not applied, then you find disunity. What's an example? Practically, so we can see what happens when it is not applied is when the likes of this hadith and the principles that come inside of this hadith are not applied. When people do not live in accordance to it, they do not act upon the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, it causes separation. And this is from the way of the khawarij. Naam. Sheikh Muhammad Bazmul, he mentions, he says that 
the Hadadiyah, then they are a branch of the Khawarij. The Khawarij, they remove people from Islam due to a sin, a major sin that they have fallen into. He said in the Hadadiyah, the original Hadadiyah, they will remove people from the Sunnah just because they fell, or not just because, but, but because they fell into a bid'ah. Because they fell into a bid'ah, they will remove them from the Sunnah. But as we know, this is not the protocol. As Shaykh Al-Bani, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he mentions that just because a person does a bid'ah, that bid'ah does not fall upon them. They do not come muqtadir. They do not come an innovator. Just because they did a bid'ah. But rather what? The proofs and evidences have to be established upon them. Once the proofs and evidence is established upon them, and all of the mawani, all of the preventative factors are removed, if that person, after acknowledging and understanding the proofs and evidence established against them, and after all of the preventative factors have been removed, if they remain consistent upon that bid'ah, then they become a muqtadir. Then they become muqtadir. This is what Shaykh Nasr, Shaykh Nasr al-Din al-Albani, the mujaddid of this century, this is what he mentioned. This is from the, this is from the deen. What's the proof? Allah Ta'ala, he says, وَمَن يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولِ مِن بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيِّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُصْلِهِ جَهَنَّمْ وَسَاعَدْ مَصِيرًا Allah Ta'ala, he said, what means? And whoever contradicts the messenger after, this is the shahid, after clear guidance had been made known unto him, after it was explained to him that they are in opposition. Because it is possible a person will make a mistake, fall into opposition, and they won't know. It'll be out of ignorance. That's possible. Now, why? Why is it possible? Because all of us make mistakes. There's not a single individual except he makes a mistake. Now, so now I ask you this question. Anyone who has this methodology of the Hadadiyya, it is as if they are saying that in order to be upon the Sunnah, in order to be Salafi, Athari, Sunni, you have to be flawless. You can't make a mistake. Is that, is that even possible? Is that possible? Is that, does that become a criterion that you can't make a mistake? Of course not. The Prophet ﷺ, all of the children of Adam are liable to make mistakes and to make sense. And the best of those who make mistakes are those who ask for, for forgiveness, those who make tawbah. So those individuals, individual falls into mistake. As if they're saying, no, you're not supposed to make a mistake. And then if they fall into a clear mistake, it, it, it is as if they're saying, there's no tawbah for you. Yeah, subhanAllah. A person falls into a mistake, there's no tawbah? Huh? A person's upon bid'ah, there's no tawbah? So then, what's the point of calling them to the sunnah if you can't become sunni anyway? Of course we don't accept that. Of course there's tawbah. How many of the people used to be upon bid'ah? Then they become from people of the sunnah. How many of the people used to be from tabligh? Upon bid'ah, muqtadi'ah. And then they become from the people of the sunnah. How many of the people used to be from khan muslimin? And then they, uh, yeah, Allah guides them. And they realize that this is not correct. And then they become from the people of the sunnah. How many of the people used to be ash'ari? And then Allah guides them. Then they become from the people of the sunnah. How many of the people used to be upon the way of the khawarij? Then Allah guides them. They become from the people of the sunnah. We keep going on and on and on and on and on. We see the examples. Naam, we see the examples. An individual is possible that they can rectify themselves. They can make tawbah. But the hadadiyah, they say no. He fall into bid'ah, he mubtadir. If you don't say he's mubtadir, you're mubtadir too.
That's what the Hadadiyah said. So going back to what Sheikh Muhammad Bazmuli mentioned, he said this was the way of the original Hadadiyah, was that if a person fell into bid'ah, straight up, bona fide, unquestionably, fell into bid'ah, actually did a bid'ah, then that's it, he moved to Adir. He said, but the new Hadadiyah, the new Hadadiyah, they consider people and interact with people as if that they are innovators just because the claim is launched against them that they have fallen into that which is contrary to the sunnah. Just from the claim. Now, personally said, so-and-so is, is like this. What's the proof? He goes, against, he goes against the Quran and the sunnah. That's it? He goes against the Quran and the sunnah? That, that's, that's the only reason? But where? In what issue? In what affair? In what issue from the minhaj? In what issue from the aqidah? Has this person deviated? Because if they have deviated, because they have with them tashayyur. That's clear. They have with them characteristics and aspects of the Shia. Or they have with them something from Qadr. They have with them the characteristics and aspects of the Qadriyyah. That's clear. We can put our finger on that. Because they said this and that coincides with the statements of the Qadriya. They have said this and that coincides with the statements of the Shia. They have said this and that coincides with the statements of the, of, of, of the Asha'ira. They have done this and this coincides with, 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 with the end of it. But if you cannot bring that, then how you say, oh, they went against the Quran and the Sunnah. Well, that is, that's, not a, that's, not, that's not proof. It's not evidence. Now, there was a, and to show you how deep the, the ignorance it gets, there was an individual who he said about individuals who were clearly individuals from the people of the Sunnah known to be people of the Sunnah. They said these individuals have contradicted the, have contradicted the minhaj in every affair. Contradicted the, the, uh, the meaning of what they said was they have contradicted Salafiyyah in every affair. They have contradicted the haqq in every affair. Do you, do you understand the gravity of that statement? Because the reality of it is, is that who on earth contradicts the truth 100%? Even a kuffar don't contradict the truth 100%. Don't they believe in Tawheed al-Rububiyyah? Naam. This is why some of the, the ulama they mentioned so as to show and highlight that this is not yani, sufficient. This is not the meaning of la ilaha illallah. They, 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 they call it for clarificational purposes. Tawheed al-Mushrikeen. This is the Tawheed that the polytheists agree in. If you ask them who created you, if you ask them who sustained you, they will say Allah. But when you say to them, no, that you're not allowed to worship anything except Allah, ah, that's where they differ with you. With Tawheed and Uluhiyyah. Naam. So you have Jews and Christians that believe in Tawheed and Rububiyyah. Is that not from the Aqeed and the Minhaj? In order for that statement to be true, that 100% these guys have gone against all of the principles of Salafiyyah, that means they don't even believe in Tawheed al Ah. So, the point is, is that the gross ignorance that will come from an individual saying that such and such, these ones have contradicted the principles of the Sunnah every principle of the sunnah it is not possible because we know we have from the asha'ira and they believe with certain aspects of the sunnah certain aspects of the haqq but if with that they still from mubtadi'ah huh? because of those aspects that they have gone against but in each of these cases what 
those aspects they have gone against could be clearly mentioned, could be put into a list, could be identified. Huh? Could be identified. You could put your finger right on them and say, because of this belief, because of this belief. It's clear. There's 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 there's, there's, there's evidence, it's bayina. Naam. So that clarification, that doesn't cause the uh, blameworthy separation. Clarifying? No, never. Clarifying this is what is correct, this is not correct. Now, the blameworthy separation comes when claims are launched, but there's no evidence. There's no proof. You have issues. What issues? Oh, it's so much issues. Okay, give me a couple of issues. No, it's too much to mention. Yeah, subhanAllah, if it's too much to mention, then you should be able to mention one or two if it's so many. Now, that's like if I have a, a bag of jelly beans. You have jelly beans? I have a bag of jelly beans. Can I get one? Oh, man, there's so many. Yeah, I just asked for one. Could I have one, please? It's easy for me to give you one, right? Because I have a bag of jelly beans. What color you want? I'll give you another one. I'll give you two. I'll give you three. Because I have so many. It's easy. But these are what stall tactics. Right? This is what you find, you find little children doing. Did you do your homework? Oh, I had a good day in school today. But did you do your homework? Oh, mashallah, I got a, a nice uh, grade on my report. Did you do your homework? I brushed my teeth. <laughs> right? This is how, this is how you, 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 you tap dance away from the real issue. Because you really don't have nothing. So if you don't have anything, then what you should do? You shouldn't say anything. Because, The burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim. Now, they have to bring forth the proof and they have to substantiate what they have mentioned. This principle from the principles of the deen and from the, from the, the judicial principles is a principle that is tremendous. Now, because it brings about peace and harmony inside of a society. Whereas an individual, if they launch a claim and they produce their proof, then we act in accordance to the proof. Now, an individual, if they launch a claim against an individual and they don't present any proof, then it is upon the defendant to swear by Allah that they're lying. That's not true. It's upon them to deny it. Now, and this is very important. This is another very important principle. Now, that the one who denies it is upon them to make it clear their denial. Because if not, if a claim is launched and the person who's in the position of defending themselves decides, well, I'm not going to say anything, then what? Then action could be taken against them. Because what is understood is that then you must agree to what the person has said. But if you deny it, oh, now we need proof. You have to bring forth proof because now we have a dispute. So in a case of a dispute where the person denying it, saying, no, that's not accurate, then it's upon the one who launched the claim to bring forth the evidence. Now, it's upon them to bring forth the evidence. وَقَالَ إِبْنُ مُنْذِرُ He mentioned, كَمَا يَعْنِي فِي الْجَامِعِ عُلُومُ الْحِكَمِ As Imam Ibn Rajab, he mentions in جَامِعِ الْعُلُومُ الْحِكَمِ يَعْنِي أَجْمَعَ الْأَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ عَلَى أَنَّ الْبَيِّنَ عَلَى الْمُدَّعِ he said that all of the people of knowledge, they agreed that the burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim. And that the taking of the oath, and he's swearing by Allah in their defense, 
Then this is upon the one who the claim has been launched against. Naam. Waqala ma'na qawlihi al-bayhina ala ala mudda'i. And he said that the meaning of, this, of, of the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-bayyina ala al-mudda'i, that the burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim, yani, that it means, yastahiq biha madda'a, that he has to, he has to, he has to produce it so, so that it supports what he has claimed. لِأَنَّهَا wajiba, he has to bring it, because it is wajib, wajiba alayhi yu'khadu biha. Because it is upon him, and it's wajib upon him that he brings it so that it can be acted in accordance to. Action could be taken upon him. That, now that is actionable, right? And the meaning of his statement, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that it is upon the one who the claim is launched against to swear by Allah that this is not the fact, eh? That if, if they were to do that, biha. If they were to do that, a person made a claim, a person swears by Allah, that's not the case. No evidence is brought forward, case is closed. Then by way of that, the person, they are free and it cleared by way of that. Because it is wajiba alayhi. Because it is binding upon him. It is binding upon the one who... It is binding upon the one who a claim is launched against him and that claim is not true. That they have to make it known. They have to bring forth their denial clear that no, this is not true. Naam. And if they were to bring forth their statement that it is not true in the absence of evidence, then we'll take the word of the one who has sworn by Allah that no, these things are not true. Naam. Then we take their word and the case is done. If evidence is brought forward, then the evidence has to be examined. Now, it's not just a person who brings forth some things. Oh, it's like, no, no, got to examine it to see if it's applicable or not applicable. This issue of that it is upon the one who launches the claim to bring forth the evidence. This hadith is tremendous. You see, this hadith now in a judicial setting is clear. The ramifications the, the, how it is implemented is clear in a, in, a, in a judicial setting. But it also affects us in our day-to-day -day life. Each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. Why? Because it is not restricted to just a judicial setting and just between disputants, just between the plaintiff and a defendant. It is not restricted just to that situation. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, and see this is the Beauty from sitting at the hands of the ulama, taken from the ulama, now, is that they see what we don't see. How many times have we have read this hadith? Al bayyina al al mudai, that the 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 burden of proof is upon the one who launches the claim. Upon, uh, but did we? But did we? Did we understand this 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 next point? Listen what the sheikh he says. He says, "Kama an al mudai is kama an al mudai alayhi al bayyina." فيما يدعيه من الأمور الدنوية نعم عفوا he says كما أن المدعي كما أن المدعي عليه البينة فيما يدعيه من الأمور الدنوية he said just like the one who launches the claim it is upon him to bring forth the proof and the evidence to substantiate that claim 
when it comes to the affairs of the dunya, when it comes to worldly affairs. Right? You with me? He says, He said, it is also upon the person who launches a claim to bring forth their proofs and their evidences even when it comes to the affairs of the hereafter. Now, I want you to check this out. He says, So whoever claims, He says, so the one who claims that they love Allah and they love the Messenger of Allah in order for them, meaning if they are truthful, if they are truthful in their claim, then they have to follow the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Naam If a person says they love Allah And they love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Then they have to follow The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Because if a person says I love Allah I love the Prophet Then we ask What's your proof? What's your proof? <laughs> What's your proof? What is the proof? Allah Ta'ala tells us Allah Ta'ala makes it clear Allah Ta'ala He says in His noble book Allah Ta'ala he says what means Say to them O Muhammad O Muhammad you say to them Say to mankind From human beings and from jinn Say to them If you love Allah If you love Allah then you have to follow me, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa If you love Allah and you're truthful in your claim that you love Allah, because you're making a claim, huh? you're muda'i, you're making a claim. You're claiming that what? That you have love for Allah. If you have love for Allah, then you have to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa You have to follow Muhammad. Naam. And this is what? This is why we say what? We don't put anyone from the human beings. We don't put any human being statement in front of the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Huh? My Shaykh, my teacher, huh? My Imam. We love them. But if they say something that's contrary to what the Prophet Sallallahu said, we don't love them that much. Because we love the Prophet Sallallahu more. So in all due respect, we're going to not listen and abide by that statement of our teacher. We're not going to listen to a Bible, right? that statement of our Imam. We love Imam Ahmed. Naam. Huh? We love Imam Ahmed, but we don't blind follow Imam Ahmed. We love Imam Malik, but we don't blind follow Imam Malik. We love Imam Shafi'i, but we don't blind follow Imam Shafi'i. We love Imam Abu Hanifa, but we don't blindly follow Imam Abu Hanifa. So if it has become clear due to the works of the ulama, that a particular imam made a mistake in a particular issue because it's possible. We're all human beings. We, we, we can make mistakes. If they made a mistake in the issue, we have personal done for them. We know. They didn't try to make a mistake. They try to be right. But because we're humans, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna error from time to time. We're going to make mistakes. Naam. So they didn't try to make a mistake. But they made a mistake because they're human beings. And they're subject to error. So when that mistake has become clear to us, we don't follow them in that and say, oh, but that was the imam. No, no. When the, when the hadith becomes apparent, that's what we follow. And that's what they told us. Now, Imam al said, Hadith, 
if the hadith is authentic, then that's my madhab. Naam, to some of the some of the brothers from the Shafi'i madhab, right? Whenever a, a hadith was clear, and this was the hadith, but the well-known statement of the Shafi'i madhab says something different, they would say, no, 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 no. No, you guys don't understand. Those well-known statements supposedly from the Shafi'i madhab, that's not the madhab of Imam Shafi'i. The madhab of Imam Shafi'i is what the hadith said. Because Imam Shafi'i said, if the hadith is authentic, then that's my madhab. <laughs> you see? Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Ahmed, Imam Malik, they all had similar statements. If the hadith is authentic, and what I say contradicts it, then take what I say and throw it away. Stick to the hadith. Stick to the sunnah. Naam. So we don't blindfold nobody. You understand? So, if we say we love Allah, if we say we love Allah, then it's a test. What's the test? Do you follow the Prophet ﷺ or not? If you follow the Prophet ﷺ, then you're truthful. If you don't follow the Prophet ﷺ, then you are a liar. Al-Hafidh, Imam ibn Kathir, he mentions in his tafsir of this ayah, he says, هذه الآية الكريمة حاكمة على كل من ادعى المحبة الله He said, this ayah, this ayah, then this will be the deciding factor. This is the, yani, this is the, uh, uh, the, I don't know how to say it, the deciding factor. This, 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 this will judge the individual if he, if he claims, anybody who claims that they love Allah. This ayah, then, is going to judge you. And, and, and you'll see. وَلَيْسَ هُوَ عَلَى الطَّرِيقِ وَلَيْسَ هُوَ عَلَى الطَّرِيقِ الْمُحَمَّدِيَّةِ But they are not upon the way of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and they claim the love of Allah and half of the Imam Ibn Kathir he says فَإِنَّهُ كَاذِبٌ فِي نَفْسِ الْأَمْرِ then he's a liar in this issue he's a liar in this very, in this very issue حَتَّى يَتَّبِعْ شَرْعَ الْمُحَمَّدِيَّةِ الدين النبوي في جميع أقواله وأفعاله. He says that he is a liar until he follows the legislation of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and the prophetic religion in all of his statements and in all of his actions. كما ثبت في الصحيح. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as it is authentically reported in the in in uh yani authentically reported on the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and nahu qad he barely he said Mana Amila Amal and Lisa Alehi Amruna Fahuaradun that whoever does an action that does not have on it our affair, then it is rejected. Well he had a call and due to this he said in Kuntum to Hibbun Allah that if you truly, truly, truly love Allah if you really love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي Then, follow me. يُحْبِبُكُمُ Allah, And Allah will love you. This is tremendous. And I want you to listen, look, look at this. This is so awesome. He mentioned, he said, hey, يَحْصُلْ لَكُمْ فَوْقَ مَا طَلَبْتُمْ مِنْ مَحَبَّتَكُمْ He says, is that you are going to receive, if you're truthful, if you are truthful, you are going to receive well above that in which you sought after due to your love of him. That if you truly love Allah and thus you follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what you are going to get in return is way more than what you offered. Why? Because what comes as a result of you being truthful about this, huwa mahabbatuhu iyyakum, is that Allah will love you. That's what comes. And it is better than the first. You love Allah, Allah loves you. 
The first sentence, you love Allah, that's nothing. It's nothing. The second sentence is greater. Allah loves you. That's what it's really about. He says, He says, just as some of the very wise scholars, they said, They said that really the issue is not that you love. The issue is not that you love Allah. That's not the issue. The issue, rather, the only real issue is whether or not Allah loves you. Right? Everyone loves Allah. Everyone who has a brain, everyone who has yeah, and who is sane, they love Allah. Right? But the mere fact that you love Allah, is that is that really what it's all about? No. No. But rather the, the whole of the affair is does Allah love you? You understand? Does Allah love you? That's what we should be striving for. That's why we want to follow the Sunnah and the Prophet. Because what? We want Allah to love us. That's why we're upon the way of the Sahaba. Because we what? We want Allah to be pleased with us. Allah Ta'ala says about the Sahaba, that He's pleased with them and they're pleased with Him. Allah Ta'ala commands to follow the way of the Sahaba. And those who follow them in good. But, so we follow them. Why? Because we want Allah to be pleased with us. We want Allah to be pleased with us. Because Allah says He's pleased with the Sahaba and those who follow them. So of course we want Allah to be pleased with us. We want Allah to love us. We want to meet Allah on the day of judgment and He loves us and He's pleased with us. Because whoever meets Allah on the day of judgment and Allah loves them and Allah is pleased with them, do you think they have anything to worry about? Do you think they have anything to worry about? No. See, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That Allah loves us. Naam. وقال الحسن البصري وغيره من السلف and, and uh, Imam Hassan al-Basri and other than him from the Salaf from the Imams of the past they mentioned زعم قوم أنهم يحبون الله فبتلاهم الله بهذه الآية they said that a people they may claim that they love Allah so thus Allah tests them with this verse you say love Allah Allah puts you to a test with this verse if you love Allah follow the Prophet Sallallahu Naam. There's some takeaways we get from this hadith for. Uh, I'll just read the translation so as preserving, preserving of time. Right? Uh, the first one is shows us the completeness of the sharia in that it has rules and regulations, principles that safeguard people's money and people's lives. Naam. Secondly, second takeaway is that the Prophet وسلم, he explained to us in the most clearest of terms the methodology and the way and the path that uh, two disputing parties will be judged yani, how you would judge between them right thirdly is that if the one if the defendant does not agree if the defendant does not agree then it is upon the the plaintiff is upon the one who launched the claim to establish evidence that supports their claim. They have to establish evidence. Huh? Because remember, if the one who if the defendant doesn't dispute the claim, if they if they acknowledge no, I was wrong, then the case is over, right? But if they dispute it, say no, that's not correct. That didn't happen like that, I didn't say that, I didn't do that. Now it's upon the one who launched the claim. They have to produce the evidence. You understand? And I want you to think about that. Because this also is a khalal 
a person is falsely accused of something. They say, no, I didn't do it. And then what people say back to them? Prove it. Prove you ain't do it. If, you ain't, if you're not upon that, then prove that by doing X, Y, and Z. Whoa, since when is upon me, the defendant, to prove anything? No, it's upon you to prove that, that what you're saying is accurate. What you telling me to prove it? Oh, it's like that, brother? Then why don't you prove it by doing X, Y, and Z? Huh? What's your proof for that principle? Where do we get that from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess from the playground. <laughs> right? Where do we get that from? Yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanAllah. And then the thing... Anyway, we ain't got time for that. That's a, that's a whole other class. But, um, yeah. You, you understand? And then we see why we have so much problems and, and issues and things like that. Why? Because we're not following the sunnah in these affairs. And that's what happens. We don't follow the sunnah. Chaos. Now, chaos ensues. The, uh, the, fourth, the fourth thing in which the Sheikh he mentioned, that the takeaway that we, bring from, that, that we get from this hadith, is that if the proof is not established and the, and the defendant swears by Allah that such and such did not happen, then they are free from the claim. Now, then they are free from the claim. That's it. However, if they do not swear by Allah that such and such is not, did not happen, they do not deny it, huh? they do not take an oath denying it, then what? Then the claim is acted upon due to the person's silence. Due to the person's refusal to deny it, then the claim is acted upon because it understood the claim is true. They did it. They're guilty. Now, so the issue, and look, let's be clear about this. Let's be clear about this because America came about in whatever, I don't, whatever time, right? Whatever year. Huh? And they claim we have democracy, the best civilization ever to touch mankind. They're liars. What do you mean? But one of the things they brag about in the judicial system is that what? A person is, is, is what? Innocent until proven guilty. You see the thieves? They act like they came up with that? No. What do you get from this hadith? That an individual is what? Innocent until he's proven that he's guilty. Because the hujah, the proof of evidence is upon the one who wants to claim. Until then, innocent. The proof come? Okay, now he's guilty. They act like they came up with that? We had it over 1400 some odd years ago? They claim best society? That's laughable, you kidding me? No way. The best society is society that is upon the way of what Allah revealed. You're never going to get a better society than that when it is applied. Any deficiencies come into society is because Allah's rule is not being applied. And that's just the truth. Like it, who like it, hate it, who hate it. And then the Shaykh gets into the next hadith, which is tremendous. All these hadith in this book are so tremendous. Naam. But inshallah ta'ala, we'll save that into the next class. فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا